Memorial Day is, for some, an opportunity for a short getaway or time away from the work routine. But Memorial Day is a day to remember and appreciate those who have given their lives in service to our nation. Welcome to The Next Hero, a special featuring Ray Pritchard. Ray is a frequent co-host of today's issues and serves as president of Keep Believing Ministries. And now, The Next Hero. Twice recently, my wife has brought up a song by Steve Green called Find Us Faithful. It's a song that any Christian would find moving, but parents especially will ponder its message. My wife said she had been thinking about this particular verse. After all our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind, may the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. What she wondered will our children find when we are gone? What sort of legacy are we leaving? Just today she asked, what if people came to our home and looked around? What message would they find here? China, I said. They would find China in our home. And they would know we have three sons, three wonderful daughters-in-law, and 10 amazing grandchildren. They would know we like football and the Civil War, and they would soon meet Sadie, our one-year-old pandemic puppy. We got her last year when we were sheltering in place along with the rest of the world. She's a bright and energetic Aussie Doodle, a high-spirited cross between an Australian Shepherd and a standard Poodle. I like to think she keeps us young, she certainly keeps us on our toes. Besides all that, I wonder what else a sudden visitor would conclude if they dropped by our home. Would they know we love the Lord? Would they know that we honor the Bible? Would they know that we were followers of Jesus? It seems a strange conversation to have, but you reach a point in life where you know you won't live forever. I'm 68, on my way to what? 70? 75? 80? Who knows? But this much is certain. No one lives forever. Already, our sons are grown up and moved out on their own. We've been empty nesters for a few years now. Life rushes on. We get so busy, and then one day the Lord says, it's time to come home. What will we leave behind? Will those who come behind us find us faithful? When Steve Green wrote, Find Us Faithful, he must have been reading Hebrews 11, because the second verse goes like this. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race, not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. Hebrews 11 tells us over and over again what faith is. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It defines faith by describing how it works. Let's take a quick journey through that amazing chapter to see what we can discover. Faith always involves the unseen. By faith, we see what the world cannot see. The world says, seeing is believing. God says, believing is seeing. We believe, therefore we see. Faith wins God's approval. When Moses stood up for righteousness, when David slew Goliath, 
when the three Hebrew children refused to bow down, when Nehemiah rebuilt the walls, when Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal, God looked down from heaven and said, Amen, those are my kids. They all belong to me. God loves it when his people dare to trust him. He loves it so much that he bears witness to the world that these people are his people. Faith explains the universe. Hebrews 11.3 tells us that God designed the universe. He framed it. He spoke and the stars filled the sky. He spoke and the mountains rose. He spoke and the birds flew, the fish swam, and the bunny rabbit hopped across the meadow. He spoke and suddenly there was Adam. He breathed into Adam the breath of life, had him name the animals, put him to sleep, took a rib and fashioned Eve. Then he performed the very first wedding ceremony. This is our answer to those who say they believe in billions of years of mindless random evolution that mankind somehow came up from the primordial slime by means of time plus chance plus random mutations. No, we believe what the Bible says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Science plus faith leads you back to God. Science without faith leaves you in a hopeless quandary. Faith gains acceptance with God. That would be Abel, who offered a better sacrifice than Cain. Hebrews 11.4 Man looks on the outward and makes his judgments that way. God always looks to the heart first and foremost. Where there is no faith, even the finest offering in the world makes no difference. Faith pleases God. That would be Enoch, who at the age of 65 began to walk with God when his son Methuselah was born. Perhaps he was like many men who don't get serious until they look into the face of their firstborn son or daughter. Suddenly they realize the heavy weight of responsibility that is upon them. Perhaps that's what happened to Enoch. In any case, he walked with God for 300 years. One day, Enoch and God had walked so far that God said, why don't you come home with me? And Enoch walked beyond space and time into eternity. He was not because God took him off the earth and allowed him to enter heaven without experiencing death. Faith saves your family. That would be Noah who built an ark when he had never seen rain. He preached righteousness to a generation that cared nothing for his message. When the world was going to hell around him, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So he built an ark and saved his family. Take heart from his good example. You can be godly in a very ungodly world. Let's stop complaining about the evil of the present day. As bad as things are, they were worse in Noah's day. Back then, there were only eight true believers in the whole world. We have far more spiritual advantages than Noah had. All we need is the courage to do what Noah did and to believe what God has said. Faith steps out and never looks back. That would be Abraham, who left Ur of the Chaldees as a prosperous middle-aged businessman who heard the voice of God and departed for parts unknown. Living by faith means stepping out for God and leaving the results to Him. It's no guarantee of long life and good success. You may have those blessings, but you may not.
The life of faith means I'm going to be the man or woman God wants me to be, no matter where it leads. I don't know the future, but I'm trusting him to work out the details. In the meantime, I step out by faith and follow wherever he leads. Faith raises up a godly heritage. That's Sarah, who believed the promises of God when she was 90 years old. And even after the scandalous situation involving Hagar and Ishmael, God never wavered from his plan to give children to Abraham and Sarah. So it happened that a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman joined together and brought forth Isaac. Though she never lived to see her grandchildren, her faith brought forth a vast multitude. Faith believes what it sees in the distance. That's all the Old Testament believers, Hebrews 11:13 through 16, who, like passengers on an ocean liner, wave as they pass islands in the distance. They lived and died and never received all God had promised, but they never gave up. And God was proud of them because of their faith. He called them his sons and daughters. Faith holds nothing back. That's Abraham who offered his son Isaac on the altar, typifying the coming death and resurrection of Jesus Christ many centuries later. And in so doing, he demonstrated that true faith goes all in for God. It does not withhold the dearest and the best. Faith sees beyond the moment of death. That's Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, father, son, and grandson, who at the moment of death look to the future. Isaac blessed his sons, Jacob his grandsons, and Joseph looked into the distant future and said, don't leave my bones in Egypt. When you leave here, take my bones with you. Joseph knew that death could not cancel the promises of God. After I preached on this at Mount Hermon in California, I received a note from a man who heard that sermon. It happened that he and his wife were celebrating their 50th anniversary at the conference. This is part of what he wrote. I want you to know that two of the most touching things you said at the end of the conference made it all worthwhile for me. They are, when a Christian dies, nothing of God dies, and death cannot cancel the promises of God. I have friends who are dying so often now, And these little phrases may be just the encouragement that they need or that the family would love to hear. Faith risks everything gladly. That would be the parents of Moses who defied Pharaoh's order and hid Moses so he would not be put to death. They feared God so much, they didn't fear the king at all. They sensed that God had a particular purpose in mind for Moses, one that they could not have imagined at the time. As far as we know, no angel came and said, your son will someday deliver God's people from Egypt. But they knew he was a gift from God, a special delivery child from heaven, deserving of their love and protection, and so they risk everything to keep him alive. Faith refuses the world. That would be Moses, whom the Egyptians fundamentally misunderstood. Though raised in Pharaoh's court, Though he knew the Egyptian language and culture, though raised in the lap of luxury and potentially an heir to the throne himself, he counted it all as nothing because he knew who he was and where he came from. Like Daniel, in a different time and a different place, he couldn't be seduced 
because he remembered his heritage. And when the chips were down, he walked away from Egypt and took up the cause of the oppressed people of God. Faith separates the church from the world. That would be Moses and the children of Israel at the Red Sea. They experienced one of the mightiest miracles in the Bible. When they walked across on dry ground, I mean, when they walked across where the Red Sea had been, when the waters parted, they walked across on dry ground. That's a miracle. But when the Egyptians tried to follow them, the waters came and swallowed them up. Thus does faith make a great separation in the world. Today, it can be hard to tell who is who. As the saying goes, you can't tell the players without a scorecard. But the Lord knows his own. He takes note of their faith. He knows who truly belongs to him. And in the great judgment to come, true faith in Jesus Christ will be the bright dividing line between the saved and the lost. Faith brings down the walls of impossibility. That would be Joshua and the people of Israel who marched around the walls of Jericho for seven straight days. Nothing seemed more absurd than the sight of thousands of Jews marching silently around the walled city of Jericho while the priests blew the trumpets in front of the Ark of the Covenant. There was no way, no way, that the Jews could ever get into that vast walled city but God. I told someone recently that those were the two most important words in the Bible. Everything hangs on those two words, but God. When we start to count up the problems we face, they soon look overwhelming. Some people, hearing these words, feel backed into a corner. Maybe your situation looks hopeless. If so, remember these two words, but God. Faith redeems an unsavory past. That would be Rahab the harlot, Hebrews 11.31. She had three strikes against her. She was a woman, she was a Gentile, and she was a harlot. The Bible makes no attempt to cover up or downplay her past. She traded sex with men for money in the world's oldest profession. But because she hid the spies, they promised to spare her if she put a scarlet cord outside her window. When the great invasion came, she was spared and her family was spared, but the whole city around her was destroyed. This story teaches us that no one is beyond the reach of God's grace. Even in the midst of judgment, God reaches out and saves a harlot who turns to him in faith. Faith empowers flawed heroes. That would be Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, four flawed heroes from the book of Judges. Each had significant weaknesses. Gideon defeated the Midianites despite his fear. Barak defeated the Canaanites despite being forced into battle by a woman. Samson defeated the Philistines despite his moral compromise with Delilah. Jephthah, who was really like an ancient gang leader, Jephthah defeated the Ammonites despite making a rash vow that cost the life of his virgin daughter. None of these men were wholly admirable. They were all messed up in one way or another, which makes them pretty much like us. If God can use them, 
cracked pots as they were, he can certainly use us. Faith overcomes the odds. That would be all the heroes of the Old Testament who went into battle and won great victories. That would be the kings who brought righteousness to their land. That would be Daniel in the lion's den. That would be his three friends who did not burn up in the fiery furnace. That would be the men and women who didn't think they could, but trusted God anyway. That would be the widow of Zarephath and the Shumanite woman who received their sons back to life. Faith pays a great price. That would be the martyrs who were hated, abused, mocked, pursued, falsely accused, and then were tortured and put to death. There was nothing wrong with their faith, nothing. They were just as pleasing to God in their agony as the saints who were delivered by great miracles. We can safely draw three conclusions about those who live by faith. One, they will see great triumphs and endure great trials. Two, they will be misunderstood by the world. Three, they will be glad they did what they did in the end. Christ calls us to follow him wherever he leads, whatever it costs. And the word of Christ to all of us is the same. Come, follow me. Try it out. Come to him. Put your life in his hands. Remember the majestic closing words from Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Let goods and kindred go. This mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Faith joins us with a glorious past. And with these two verses, we come to the end of Hebrews 11. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. That would be all the men and all the women in ancient times who lived by faith. He means that we should stand back and look at that long list of heroes, all of them as a group, and know that God gave a witness. These are my kids. They all belong to me, from Enoch to Rahab, from Jephthah to Sarah, from Daniel to Elijah, from Moses to Hezekiah, and from Jeremiah to Esther. They were all commended by God. They only lacked one thing. They never received the promise, but we have. We know Jesus Christ. All these heroes lived and died before Christ came, and yet they live by faith. They had the shadow, we have the substance. They had the sacrifices, we have Jesus, the fulfillment of the sacrifices. They saw the coming afar off, we know him personally. They had so little, we have so much. They had a tiny spark of light, we have the light of the world. So if they managed to do great things by faith, we have no excuses when we don't. That's the whole point. On May 12, 1807, Robert Morrison boarded a ship in New York on his way to China, where he would become the first Protestant missionary in that great land. After 113 days at sea, he arrived in Macau on the southern coast of China. 
Seven years later, he baptized his first convert. He served for 27 years as a missionary in China, dying at the age of 52. It is said that on his voyage to China, the captain of the ship derisively asked if he expected to convert China, to which Robert Morrison replied quietly, No, but I expect God will. When he finally baptized his first convert, he wrote these words in his journal, May he be the firstfruits of a great harvest, one of millions who shall come and be saved from the day of the wrath to come. God gave him faith to see beyond his meager beginnings to a day when a vast multitude of Chinese would be saved. Despite enormous and ongoing persecution, today the church in China numbers over 100 million. That leads me to a final question from Hebrews 11. Who will be the next hero of the faith? Why not you? Who will respond to God's call? Why not you? Who will stand up against the world? Why not you? Who will step out in faith? Why not you? Who will march around the walls? Why not you? Who will dream big dreams for God? Why not you? Who will lead the way for your family to follow? Why not you? Who will risk opposition from the world? Why not you? Who will become the next Abraham, the next Sarah, the next David, the next Esther? Why not you? Who will give up the pleasures of the world for the sake of the cross? Why not you? We've all seen perpetual plaques on the walls of schools, churches, and hospitals. Those plaques list the names of people whose gifts made the building possible. But if you look carefully, there are always blank spaces on a perpetual plaque because there is always room for more. Hebrews 11 is not just a record of past heroes. Hebrews 11 is God's perpetual plaque of those who have lived by faith. And if you look closely, you can see there is plenty of room for more names. There is room for you and there is room for me. By faith, Sharon. By faith, Eddie. By faith, Chavez. By faith, Debbie. By faith, Carlos. By faith, Arlen. By faith, Terry. By faith, Millie. By faith, Harry. By faith, Carolyn. By faith, Nick. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Eli. By faith, Violet. Who will be the next hero of the faith? Why not you? On this Memorial Day weekend, we pause to remember those who have laid down their lives in the service of our country. It is right and fitting that we do so. Their memory is sacred to us forever because they gave all that they had on the field of battle. They are true heroes. These words by Steve Green seem especially fitting today. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Lord, give us steady courage to follow you so that someday our names might be added to the long list of men and women who lived and died by faith in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You've been listening to the American Family Radio Special, The Next Hero, featuring Ray Pritchard. If you would like to connect with Ray or learn more about Keep Believing Ministries, visit keepbelieving.com. To hear this message again, visit the podcast page at AFR.net. The Next Hero is an American Family Radio special presentation. 